Another digital, another digital, another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. citizen. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, little podcast. Happy birthday to you. Wee! Seven years old. Hey, look. Hi, bro. Hi, everybody. Seven seven years. Yeah, the podcast blew out the candles on the... Mm -hmm. The, the podcast doesn't like cake, just like me, I think. So it, it had a ice cream cake instead of a regular cake. Ice cream cake. Mm. Do good. you like muffin? Uh, depends on the kind of muffin, but sometimes, yeah. Do you know the muffin man? Yeah, I do. Good friends. Good good guy. Mm. Good guy. The muffin. The muffin man. The Who muffin man. From... Mm-hmm. Shrek references. <laughs> I, I think I think Shrek was already referencing something else. Shrek is a reference to references when you think about it. Yeah, true. true it true. is just a giant like a uh, reference Shrek. Yeah. So how are you? <laughs> I'm all right. Uh, just waking up. Morning time here. How are you? Uh, I'm okayish. I I guess. Uh, I feel a little bit weird. Uh, I'm not home. I'm in the hospital. The hospital. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You've been in the hospital for a few days now. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week you were sick and you had like a fever. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, th- you ended up in the hospital, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that that's a very short story, but yeah, uh, yeah. No, on Wednesday I wasn't feeling that good. Uh, was recording, what fever and everything. Uh, Thursday I was feeling even worse. Right. But I was also having a little tiny, 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 small wound under my left butt cheek. Uh, Friday. I was even feeling worse. <laughs> well, I talked and to you I on mean, Saturday, and you sounded fine, but you were like, I still have a fever, and I'm like, you can't, that's not good to have a fever for that long. You need to, like, go yeah. see somebody, get some antibiotics or something has to happen here, yeah. 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 Uh, so, on Sunday, the, the wound had grown from, like, tiny, teeny, uh small to pretty big with pus running out of it. Mmm, yummy. Uh, so, <laughs> so yeah, I went to the emergency. Uh, I, I thought I was going to the emergency to get some, like, uh, medicine. Uh, so I didn't bring, bring with me glasses or, or my cell phone. <laughs> so I was like, Oh, I was just naive. Oh, I'm just going to get me some medicine. And they looked at the wound and they were like, uh, no, you have to go under. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Today. 
this this is this is too big to just let let it be. Yeah. So I had uh, I had two operations uh, already. Uh, I thought I was going to have a third one today. Luckily, I didn't have to. I thought uh, you already had three. I thought th- this was going to be the fourth one. No, this was the third one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. All right. So, but yeah, no. Uh, very, very happy that I didn't have to do that. Um, they are a little bit worried. Uh, no clue when I'm coming home, but I'm guessing no time soon. <laughs> Uh, I, I would assume you just have to get the, like the, get it under control, like get the antibiotics in you and get them working, and then at yeah. that point they'll send you home. Uh, when it when it starts to, you know, once you hit the peak and you start to go d- down, yeah, down to the other side, which I assume yeah. you're probably already on the way there, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, when I was here, somebody uh, infected me with uh, some diabetes on on top of it. Yeah. So. Is that so. how diabetes works? I don't think that's how yeah. diabetes yes, works. That's 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 how diabetes works. I've decided. Yeah. So I've also gotten a little, a little case of the diabetes too. So. If that that's is- how that worked, I think you. That it would be worse than COVID if everybody could just like catch <laughs> diabetes from like being in the same room as you. That would be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> that'd be pretty brutal. <laughs> no, I, I got that problem. Uh, they said so. I had I, I've told you, but I the, I'm sure the listeners haven't known. I have had well. I I told about the bleeding in the nose. So they said that uh, the bleeding of the nose was because my blood sugar was so high. Uh, so when normal blood sugar is like between six and nine, okay, and came came in, I had twenty. <laughs> well, that's not good. Yeah, that's that's, that's not really good. Uh, but yeah, no. So uh, and now I have to start on insulin and things like that. So. I've, Oh, it'll be fun. Fun time. What's that insulin video game? Captain Novilin? Is that what it is? Captain Novilin. You know what I'm talking about? There's a video game that was made for, like, the NES or something. No, it's it's Captain Novilin. It was for Super NES, 1992. Game developed by Rhea Systems for Super Nintendo. This it was a video game all about uh, having having diabetes. Yeah, I was thinking I was beginning to turn into Scott Wilkinson from South Park. Uh, apparently they they sent it to ten thousand. They sent ten thousand free copies to hospitals during its initial release. The game was posi- positively received by diabetes specialists as well as children with the condition. So, if you want to go play a game that's going to teach you about your diabetes, I would suggest the Super NES game from 1992, Fro. I don't know if they have any newer ones about diabetes, but... <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm getting those one of those fancy uh, blood takers where I can put it in an app and things like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. 
Or you, you, you're gonna, they have the ones that like you just stick it on and it stays there and you don't have to like, is that the one you're talking about? Or the, I was, I was thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that's pretty, those are pretty new. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, a lot of things have, uh, happened and absolutely nothing has happened. So there's, uh, there's that. Uh, well, at least you're not in a hurricane like the people of Florida right now or Cuba. Um, oh, yeah. Massive hurricane happening right now. The eye of the storm is over the top of Florida, which means, you know, the worst is yet to come, I think. Um, 155 miles an hour wind. With It says it's just shy of a Category 5. So it's pretty pretty massive what's happening right now in Florida there. So, good luck to everybody, you know, the thing about Florida is, like, I have family that live in, or lived in Florida, and there's certain people that are like, we've been through hurricanes, it's, it, it's fine, we're fine, like, we're not going anywhere, like, it's just wind, like, <laughs> that's how people in Florida think about hurricanes, which is really weird, if I, if a hurricane was coming towards Oregon, I'd be shitting myself, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. Yeah, that's shy of Category 5 storm, Okay. Yeah. What, what, what? So when does this storm turn into a hurricane? Uh, that's a good question. I think it is when it develops a cone, right? I would assume. Oh, so it has nothing to do about like how how hard it is. It's... Well, I, like, uh, like a storm doesn't have like a you know an eye, like a. Uh oh, it says here. I guess it has to do with this. It says wind speed needs to reach seventy five miles an hour, and a okay. storm is officially a hurricane. The storm is at least fifty thousand feet high and around one hundred and twenty five miles across. Okay. Uh. Yeah, so I guess it's wind speed, mostly. Mostly wind speed. But, I, like, a hurricane also has to be developed over the water, because, like, like, a tornado is a, a storm that can develop over land. That's, like, the difference between a hurricane and a, and a tornado, obviously. Hmm. Which? We don't have any of that stuff here on the West Coast, at least not most of the time, except they literally just had one down in Baja, California, like, last week or something, so. Yeah, now, the the eye of the storm is something I, I, I remember. Uh, what's a good book? I was going to say, wasn't that a movie? Or am I thinking uh, of something else? What's that? Yeah. I don't I remember that. Of the century being uh, movie, but uh, I feel like Eye of the Storm must have been a movie, though, right? Yeah, like there has to be some. Oh, there is, but it it looks like it has nothing to do with uh with hurricanes. With hurricanes? No, it's like it looks like it's about three old old ladies. <laughs> it's got Judy Davis and Jeffrey Rush in it, though, so. Ooh. It's from 2011, so, yeah. Oh. Not bad, not bad. Yeah, now, uh, let's talk about some uh, news. news. Um, 
far-right leader, uh, Georgia Maloney, uh, has uh, probably become uh, Italian uh, next prime minister. The first female prime minister, actually, in Italy. Yeah, I heard uh, Hillary Clinton was praising her for that, for being uh, the first female leader. Um, no joke? That's what I had heard. Yep. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, because it's not like she's a racist or anything that that you shouldn't be what? mad. No, not this lady. A, na- uh, a nationalist, Georgia Maloney, accused by political rivals and experts of spreading white supremacist ideas. Oh, th- oh, okay, maybe I was. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, was set Monday to become the first uh, Italia's first far-right leader since World War II. Uh, the near final results on Sunday's election show her uh, Brothers of Italy party will lead the right-wing coalition join, joined by former Prime Minister and center-right party as well as the fellow right-wing brand. The government is predicted to have a majority in both upper and lower houses of the parliament giving Maloney power to enact her nationalist and Eurosceptic platform, as well as swelling the ranks of the far right uh, in European politics, right? This is coming after um, the Swedish election that happened pretty recently, right? Which also went super far right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a nice coalition uh, government when Sergio Leone is another... What is uh, the former prime minister that just came out of prison? Uh, yeah, him. Uh, he uh, came out of prison, wasn't allowed to do uh, political activity in prison, and and went right back to his party and uh, won a lot of seats in Italy as well. So, and he's like, oh, I'm going to help her me that I've been convicted of of money laundering and shit. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, her party, the Brothers of Italy party, can trace its roots back to the fascist party founded by supporters of Mussolini, uh, although M- Maloney has rejected any suggestions of lingering fascist tendencies. Com- uh, comparisons uh, remain... Uh, obviously, uh, and they are ultra conservative, uh-huh. anti-immigration, yeah. and nationalists. So, right, those kind of things do kind of you know go in hand in hand with uh, a fascist type type government. Yeah, yeah, authoritarian, I guess. I mean, when they said it's the most far right leading uh, uh, victory in Italy since. World War Two. That's uh, <laughs> that's saying something. Why do you think? I mean, now that we're seeing more than one European country start to go in this direction, do you do you see it, what's the reasoning behind people voting for these authoritarian <laughs> people? When they, I mean, they clearly know that the history of this kind of government. Do you know what I mean? The easy answer is immigration, sadly. People are being racists. I guess that is the easy answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the more complicated answer would be the failure 
of previous governments to pe- make people's lives better. Right. And so they turn to, uh, oh, the extreme other side. Right. Or just the 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 racist. Uh, the anti-immigration stance actually gives them someone to blame because they can say, oh, it's the immigrants' fault, right? Yeah. And so when they have somebody to blame, then at that point they, they're given a reason to vote against those people, which gives them a reason to vote for these authoritarians, where Absolutely. the center-left type politician, the only person that's left to blame is the politician themselves. And it mm. yeah it's a it ruins that whole concept of voting for what's going to benefit you over voting for what you see as like uh, voting against something that is may or may not be hurting you but you've been convinced by media that it is I guess you know yeah I yeah yeah no it's it's kind of it's kind of sad to to see this trend uh people were like talking about like hungarian uh slash polish uh standard uh yeah hungary is also extremely right wing poland uh sweden now i mean i i I said to my dad uh, the other day it's like uh uh this trend has been going on quite a while but it, it is it is the first time we see that it gains so much power and that's not a not a good thing in in any way shape or form yeah this party like the last election I, it's not in this article but what i was reading in another article probably the other one i sent you is that they had very little vote in the last election and this right. election they just surged out of nowhere but i think it has to do with like the energy crisis in uh europe right now due to like the war in ukraine people see that and they don't like the way current governments are handling that and they go it, winter's coming like we're at war we're like wars are happening around us like we need to change something and this is the only thing they see as change. You know what I'm saying? Even though it's like a bad change to them, at least it's some kind of change. Like these people, even though they're authoritarian are promising, are promising change. You know what I mean? And so Mm -hmm. the other side of it isn't promising change. They're promising the status quo and that's not what people want. They want change. Right. Um, Yeah. So in, in a way I feel like, bad for the people who are stuck having to vote for these people because what they feel stuck in a corner like i can't there's no like there's nothing else i can do to to try to improve my life if that makes sense right Um, they've been tricked into voting for these people in a way Uh, yeah just uh certain point i agree to that yeah because they're voting against their own interests when you think about it in the end but they yeah, don't that's, but that's, they that's they don't I mean. have any other choice because they the yeah. only choice they see is to try to make some kind of change yeah so i feel yeah. bad in a way but in another way it's like uh how far is this gonna go what's the next country that's gonna put in a right-wing crazy leader right and uh i guess we also have liz trust in uk right now so we got sweden uk uh, and what what else? I guess if 
if in 2024 Trump gets in again, or or even worse, DeSantis, that could be worst case scenario if the, all those governments start working together in some kind of right wing evangelical like Christian the- theocracy or something. You know, that's that would be nuts. Sorry, uh, I was watching Steven Crowder uh, uh, the day after, uh, I think it was yesterday or the day after, before. Uh, and he's like, oh, she's not a fascist. She just, just loves religion and God and she wants Italy to be for it- Italians. And I was like, yeah, that's... <laughs> that is the definition of someone that's racist. They just want Italy to be for Italians. Yeah, what are Italians then? What, are, what is your definition? Of, oh, oh, the white people. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh. Like there aren't any uh, people of color that are Italian, right? That That's the weird misnomer that they make. But it, there's like a mixing of like, I even saw this yesterday somewhere. I want to say it was on breaking points. They were talking about the the mixing in in America, especially of like religion and politics, and how the mm-hmm. like the Trump evangelical right um, they they've gone away from like recognizing what's actually in the Bible, and now like Trumpism has become like the things that they stand against uh, aren't like biblical but they treat them as though they're biblical if that makes sense like anti-immigration is inherently against what jesus would believe in right right yeah and yet they they see that as some kind of christian ideal all around the world and it's like you are so against what jesus jesus was like love your neighbor and shit so like what are you fucking talking about idiot no remember he said uh love your neighbor Except it's brown or <laughs> Oh, wait, I am brown because I'm Jesus. <laughs> That's right, I forgot. I am a brown man. <laughs> but I'm white in every, every American church. I'm white. Come on. I have to be white. I'm white as a lamb. Oh, wait, lambs can also be black? Oh. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, see, Jesus was the black lamb of his family. Yeah, the black sheep. He kind of was when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. True. Hanging yeah, out that's... with hanging out with prostitutes and stuff. Um, Walking on, on water, all that silly stuff. He did drink quite a bit. Uh, he was a, he loved that. He loved his wine. Um, and his women. I'm sure people that were attacking the Capitol on January 6th. I bet they were drinking some of them. They, they had to, there had to have been some people well, that were, were drunk. The, they were drinking the, the Donald Trump Kool-Aid, as I call it. So, yeah, the Alex Jones slash Donald Trump Kool-Aid that was happening. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Uh, and one of them, one of the January 6th riot, rioters, apparently talked to somebody in the White House on the day of, of the event, uh, quote-unquote. Uh, Okay. A former technical advisor for January 6th committee said that the day of the insurrection, a call with a rioter may have been coming from inside the house. Fro, it, it's coming from inside the house. Inside the White House, that is. Dave Denver Riggleman 
a former Republican congressman told CBS 60 Minutes that he traced the call between a rioter and the White House switchboard while the U.S. Capitol was under siege. He told CBS that he felt he couldn't have, he couldn't have, oh, this couldn't have been accidental, and he wanted to dig deeper. Uh, There's a quote, you get a real aha moment when you see the White House switchboard had a connected, had connected to a rioter's phone while this was all happening. He said, uh, that's a big, pretty big aha moment. Riggleman said it in, in, in the interview, uh, and he said that he wasn't able to confirm with who the White House, who in the White House was on the, on the line, uh, but they do know, obviously, who the, who the rioter was, and that has been released, I'm not, we're not gonna say the name of the person, so. No. Yeah, no, this is what they do. I, I, uh, I wonder, uh, I think it was, this or last week, Jared Kutcher's book about uh, the White, his time in the White House came out. I think maybe it was this week. Maybe, uh, uh, sure. Yeah, and I, I think I read somewhere that he was like he, he in his book were like super supportive of the January sixth people. Uh, but yeah. So I was thinking maybe it was Jared Kutcher that they were calling. Who knows? Uh, right. I mean, it could be anybody, I suppose. Like, um, this person could have had a friend who worked in the White House, I suppose. You know what I mean? Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility. I think the suggestion here from this person, uh, Denver Riggleman, would be that this rioter was in some type of communication with somebody in the White House and that they were coordinating in some way. I don't necessarily uh-huh. see that as... Uh, I don't necessarily see that kind of... E- I don't see evidence for that, right? But right. it doesn't mean it's not true, I suppose. Uh, Putin won his totally fair cool election in Ukraine this week uh, uh, that everybody is going to say is cool, fine, and amazing uh, because now the occupied uh, pieces of Ukraine uh, are not uh, occupied pieces of Ukraine anymore. It's illegally Russian because it was a totally fair election that was going on there, where uh, Russia won. Uh, I think it was ninety-two percent or something. Uh, it was funny, uh, but yeah. Uh, but uh, uh, do you think that had any interference with him being uh, warned if there there would be some consequences after nuclear? Uh, weapons being used yeah there's not only that there's like a massive exodus from russia because of the uh the draft right right yeah nobody wants to be in the draft either are people trying to get into norway up top like through that little (laughs) little (laughs) tiny gap that you guys have or no have Uh, you heard about that at all yeah, no, I haven't. Heard I know Georgia is like the border is just like miles and miles 
of cars yeah. and people trying to get into Georgia because it has like Georgia has a really lax immigration law or laws, right? I, that's what I'm gonna understand, at least between them and Russia. Uh, but Washington responded to Russian President Vladimir Putin's veiled threat of using nuclear weapons, which also happened this week, warning of serious consequences and that the U.S. response would be, quote-unquote, decisive. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said in an interview, in an interview, the consequences would be horrific. Anti-mobilization protests appeared to be continuing with reports of standoffs with authorities and several arrests in Russia's north uh, region of Dagestan. A gunman in eastern Serbia was detained uh, when opening fire on a military draft office as well. There was also some kind of mass shooting in Russia that had to do with, like, uh, uh, some Nazi shot up shot up a school or something also is what yeah. I heard. Everything's going nuts over there. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was terrible. Really, really terrible. Um, yeah, we're definitely seeing the fall of Russia right now. There's like no, Oh yeah. There's no other kind of, some, something's going to happen where the government will, will implode at some point. Like this is inevitable. I think at, at where we're at now. Um, and we're going to see a whole kind of new world order coming in the next couple of years. That's what I see happening. I don't know about you. Ooh, new world order. Yes. <laughs> when people say new world order, it's like it's it's used such in a bad way. Where so when you say it, I know what you mean, but it, it's just like people online use it so so bad. I mean, it kind of could be construed in that sense, in in that way. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, no. Uh, I think I, I found out by the way. Uh, that on Wednesday there were registered 292 people, uh, 95 people between Russia and Norway. 295? That's not very many. Yeah, so that's not that I mean, many. that could be the beginning of something more, though, I suppose. Yeah, right. But I mean, the, have you seen the queues to the Georgia? Like the, oh, the, yeah. The roads. Yeah, yeah they're just. The, I'm just surprised that they're not being hassled more by the Russian government, but they can't really do anything when they're trying to, like, bring in... When they're using farmers and stuff uh, to draft to go to war, which aren't even, like, trained uh, soldiers and stuff. Not only that, um, Putin granted citizenship to former U.S. intelligence contractor Edward Snowden this week also that's all happening uh at at the same time every the shit is hitting the fan in russia but we'll see what happens uh over the next few weeks um some people saying that putin is so desperate that he will use some kind of small nuke or something like that um other people saying that he that it's inevitable that russia is going to have to try to wrap up this war because of how badly they're losing. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the next month, is my guess. Yeah, so uh, people don't understand uh, how important that fake election in in Ukraine was, is that the thing is, uh, Russia can now say, 
hey, you coming to our territory? We can uh, we can defend that. Uh, you're trespassing into Russia. So that is why they had that uh, uh, fake election there and there. Uh, right. Now, yeah. that's just very important to keep in mind. Yeah, and people were voting under distress. I think is distress. The, yeah. right. Yeah. When you see, when you see fake election, it wasn't like they they did have like an election, but people were oh, weren't voting. It's kind of hard to say no when you have a gun to you. Right. People weren't voting because they <laughs> felt like they were they were uh, voting for a democracy or something. They were voting because they were forced to. Yeah. Another thing uh, that is a consequence of the Russian thing is uh, them turning off uh, their gas to Europe. Uh, now it seems like there has been, uh, well, the probability of this being uh, just a coincidence seems to me a, a, a little weird, but there is a gas leak and uh, Sweden have uh, uh, issued warnings of two gas leaks in, in the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. Uh, was it Germany that also confirmed it today? Yeah, off of a Danish island is what Germany said. Um, yeah. The first person that sent me a thing about this was actually Tron sent me something in Norwegian before any um, like English publication had gotten a hold of it so Norway was already talking about this like two days ago uh, yeah, or we have. yesterday early, early yesterday yeah mm -hmm. um, but it says Swedish maritime authority said on Tuesday it had issued a warning of two leaks on a Russian owned Nord Stream 1 pipeline in Swedish and Danish waters shortly after a leak uh, in nearby Nord Stream 2. There are two leaks in Nord Stream 1, one Swedish economic zone and one in the Dan Danish economic zone. They are very near to each other. Uh, they're located uh, northeast of a Danish island, Bornholm. The spokesperson said it is not immediately clear what has caused the leaks. Uh, Danish authorities asked ships to steer clear of five nautical mile radius uh, of the gas leak. Um, yeah. yeah, for me, this very, very clearly sabotage. Uh, I don't believe anything else to be hundred and ten percent honest with it. I think that is would. They need, they need to show me extremely, extremely hard evidence uh, for this not being a uh, uh, sabotage or, or just like, yeah, some, so, something in Farish. Uh, it seems a little too convenient. Well, the Swedish National Systemic Network uh, said it detected an explosion close to the leaks. Um, so they 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 recognized there was some kind of seismic tremor that happened right around the time when this leak started. So that would suggest yep. that an explosion of some type caused mm -hmm. caused this to happen. Uh, that nobody's seemingly blaming anybody, but some people are suggesting that Russia did it to their own pipeline. I guess. Um, I, I. But it could don't... be any number of things. Yeah. I don't think that's a far-fetched thing to assume. 
because again, they could use this as an argument in the Russian propaganda against the world. See, they are even trying to destroy our gas. Well, it doesn't help Europe to not have the like. There's already an energy crisis due to the Russians shutting off um, Nord Stream Two, which was right before this whole Ukraine war. Nord Stream Two was about to go into uh, commission. Like they had felt they they were ready to flow uh, oil to I think Germany, right? Uh, right. And that all shut down when when. Uh, the sanctions happening against Russia, uh, and now Nord Stream One going down increases the the s- scarcity of of oil to Europe, which is going to increase the problems with energy, mm. the energy crisis. Um, so I guess in, if that if if Russia wanted to do that, couldn't they just you know turn off the pipeline instead of having to blow it up? Right. Hmm. Yeah. Who knows? I mean, in uh, all, in when you, when it comes down to it, it could even be like environmentalists who are like, we want to get rid of this pipeline or something. But I don't know. You know, there's plenty of options here, but it's not helping with uh, stopping the situation from escalating. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely not. And, uh, yeah, no, it's just, it seems extremely weird. Uh, then we go to Iran, because, I mean, if we thought we had uh, strange things happening in uh, Europe, uh, Iran security forces clash with protesters over a woman's death. Uh, did we talk about this last... This happened last week, right? I, uh, I don't think so. Uh, I don't think we talked about it last week. Okay. Yeah, so a woman was kicked and uh, pushed and things like that to death uh, by the police because she was wearing her hijab wrong in uh, Iran. Right, there's a lot of people reporting that she wasn't wearing a hijab, but it's actually that she wasn't wearing it correctly. Like, she was still wearing it, um, uh, which I, adds to why people are so upset about this. But, I mean, when it comes to authoritarian governments, Iran is kind of above and beyond. They have a security force that just, like, that's their whole job, is to uh, get mad at people for breaking... Sharia law, right? Is that what it is? Yeah, Sharia. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And that's who these police were. They weren't like regular police. They were, I don't remember exactly what they're called, but they're a special police force, uh, which is like a religious type police force. Um, Mm. And yeah, so the, the people of Iran are mad specifically at that police force, but that police force is backed by the government. And so the, yeah, they're, they're, they're rising up against, uh, against the authoritarian government. The pro the problem with it is that this authoritarian government, like they're, they're willing to like murder as many people as it takes to like maintain their power. So, 
we could see some kind of uh, mass killing if this goes on for much longer. Uh, but hopefully they, are, I mean, hopefully the people are able to get some kind of uh, justice for this woman. Yeah, I I uh, I doubt uh, over chewing of the Iranian government will happen very fast. I could be wrong, but yeah, I doubt that. I think something major would have to happen where the government does some kind of uh, w not war crime, some kind of uh, rights abuse against its own people to the point where other countries see it and go, we need to get involved here because this is there's an there's a international problem with that um will that happen i'm not sure uh i mean you could always invite invade it <laughs> and liberate it i mean you're very good at it yeah yeah right yeah um i don't oh they, I, I just found it they're called the morality police is the morality oh. police that in and of itself is like if yeah. you if you live in a place that has morality police that's straight up orwellian or morality police yeah uh, yeah <laughs> what <laughs> what is the number it's not 911 it's 666 i think a lot of people in america would call twitter users the morality police sometimes but <laughs> Uh, but I don't think it's on the same level. <laughs> yeah, not entirely the same. No. Yeah, not exactly the same. Uh, CIA doctor investigating Havana syndrome was a victim of it himself. I, I I have always learned that you should never like try to investigate like be it, uh, so, something that you have a uh, like. Bias. Uh, it seems like bias. he would be a little bit biased in investigating something that he thought he himself had. Yeah. Tiny, tiny bit uh, biased, maybe. A physician who was sent to investigate a spat of mysterious neurological illnesses among Americans stationed in Cuba has said he himself was surprised to experience quote-unquote Havana Syndrome. Speaking Sunday uh, with CNN, Paul, Dr. Paul Andrews said he thought... He was dreaming when he began experiencing a ringing in his ear, nausea, and distortion after arriving in Havana in 2017 to investigate il the illness for the CIA. Uh, suspecting some kind of sonic attack, Dr. Andrews said he went to his hotel bathroom for 45 minutes with headphones on, but continued to encounter symptoms associated with Havana Syndrome. He then checked his hotel bathroom at least... Uh, four to five times to make sure he had his toothbrush packing to leave, still experiencing the ringing in his ears. After returning home, the CIA physician said he thought help with a doctor who had been working to help earlier victims of Havana Syndrome, um, which was first reported in 2016. Uh, this is coming out of an investigation that's being done by CNN, and I guess this Sunday they're going to do a special uh, on CNN about Havana Syndrome, and that's where this video oh, clip... That's where the video clip that I have down below, Fro, comes from. 
Uh, it's a special called uh, Immaculate Concussion, The Truth About Havana Syndrome. Uh, it's a special report by Dr. Sanjay Gupta, right? Yeah. All right, go ahead and give um, me a countdown. In three, two, one. When Andrews and his two colleagues landed in Havana in April of 2017... So this is like a preview of the special that's going to happen this weekend. ...to not even discuss this with their own family. Kind of a little trailer. We had a uh, van from the embassy pick us up and take us to the hotel. Cool hotel, though. I looked around. It looks very Cuban. Yeah. The colors and everything. ...set of rooms was a small door and it was a service chase. It was unusual. Did you think there was somebody in that space? I don't know. This is that service chase, potentially large enough for a person to stand inside. I looked out. The Why would that matter? And I saw nothing out there that concerned me. There was no other building. Like the kind of weapon they're suggesting that would have a direct wouldn't be just like a handheld thing. It would have to be like the size of a car with like massive amounts of electricity. Yeah. You know what I mean? I Bed probably around 11:30. I slept in my jeans and a t-shirt in case I had to evacuate quickly. And about 4:56, 4:57, I was awakened with severe pain in my right ear. <laughs> I had a lot of nausea and a terrible headache, and I never suffered from headaches before. The amount of ringing in my ears was just astounding. You've never had a headache before. Well, that's a little weird. I started to hear the noise. It's like, I've never had headaches before, so this was really weird. And you believe that that's He feels very untrustworthy. He's from the CIA. So, it's kind of his job to be untrustworthy. Correct. Absolutely. Alright, we can stop there. So, that, yeah. Uh, that's going to be a CNN thing this weekend, uh, talking about Havana Syndrome and acting like, you know, there's some it's any kind of proof to it, which we know that there's no proof that it is a real thing or that uh, they have any clue w where it's from or what w what's causing it, yeah. What do you mean we don't know what's causing it? Crickets. Right. Uh, I, I bet they're going to cover that in the in the special. I'm interested to see how, you know, CNN spins this because CNN, you know, how CNN is they're, they're I wouldn't call them trustworthy either. Um, I, I think they're making this this uh, special specifically to kind of spin it after uh, that doctor that came out and we talked about last week uh, saying that there is no proof for this. CNN now is coming out with a special, like, the very next week. It seems like they're kind of trying to counter that guy who is talking to Yahoo News about it. They're doing a counter uh, attack against that that doctor, is what it seems like to me. Uh, and they're, of course, talking to a CIA doctor, so who do you trust more, I guess is the question. One thing that is kind of exciting, uh, Bernie Sanders leaves door open for 20. 24 White House run uh, on Monday. Bernie Sanders said he hadn't decided yet whether he would make another bid for the White House. Uh, he said uh, it's not a priority. The, he said the priority now is traveling around the country and get often young progressives elected. Uh, obviously, he, he's focused on the, the midterms right now. 
and, but he's ruling out publicly at least a, a run for the presidency in 2024. I think he said in the past he may run if Biden doesn't. That was kind of his stipulation that I've heard of before. Right. Um, and Biden has said that he will run, right? But he's also made insinuations that he may not like it's kind of he said the only way he wouldn't is if he's sick or something i guess but he's all there's been other people behind the scenes who have been saying that he isn't there was one congresswoman who kind of insinuated it and then went back on it uh to a reporter i think she said she said she was saying it off the record but the reporter was like there's no off the record here the and and then reported it and then that that congressperson went back on it so there ha there is discussion and there's even articles being written like who would run if biden didn't and the, you know there's the obvious ones uh harris but, Judge, yeah. um yeah. gavin newsom uh the governor of california in the last week has been a lot of discussion and then there's the uh bit o'rourke which a lot of people i think just i think I mean, he clearly can't win, so I don't know why they. But I think people just see him and they go, "That's what a president would look like to me in a movie." Get that—that's what better work looks like. He looks like a president in a movie, right? Not like a real president. I think I read something that uh, Abbott was leading by six point in Texas over O'Rourke. So, uh, yeah. Well, it's Texas, so I'm not really surprised, but it's just. Uh, he's he, he, people still talk about him as though he's some kind of great politician, but I, he never wins anything, so he's clearly not a good politician. Yeah, right. I I think we should get Andrew Weiner uh, involved again. That's what I think. Who? Oh, the guy who got in trouble Andrew. for like sexting underage girls. Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh. You and me uh, saw the Time Machine show uh, last week, Quantum Leap, uh, where they were jumping. Um, would you jump to the future or to the past if you had a time machine? Uh, I guess I could just do both, right? No, I think you can I'll go one way in my scenario. In my in your scenario, okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess probably the past then. The future looks pretty bleak at this point, so probably the past. <laughs> uh, yeah. Not even by a day? Um, I have a feeling... Well, maybe... Well, even then, yeah. I just feel like if you went into the future, it'd be very much like uh, the book, The Time Machine, where in the future, there's, yeah. like everything's gone to shit and there's crazy monkey people that'll try to murder you and stuff. Yeah. Maybe that is uh, what uh, Tron is going to talk about when he talks tomorrow. Is there? This is Tron with Tron tells the truth. War is always fun when you're winning. When you don't have to deal with it. We're not going to your daily life. Yeah, I know that is a hard claim because people who don't get their loved ones home from war will all be worried. I can see a lot of soldiers, wives or husbands who don't think it's fun when their loved ones don't come home. But in many countries, we don't have to deal with the facts of war. In Russia, war against Ukraine was popular. 
protein was popular, but that was before normal people who cheer in have to go out and do the dirty work. I don't think young people should suffer for war. I think it's okay that they are escaping. But be clear on this. You guys who are now fleeing, many of you supported Putin and did nothing for years while some people tried to do something. So I'm not that fucking impressed by many of this. But again, the rest of the world, we don't care. It's going to be a winter now, or what's left of winter. Climate change is fucking making a big impact on us. Yeah, I can say a lot about that, but I only talked about that before. I think this is beginning on something horrible. It's so been coming for a while, and I say it again, I don't think any of you going to do anything about it before it infects you directly, before it become weapons down in your country, before a European city or an American city will deal with this. We have fascism on the rise in Italy. We don't do anything about that. Fascism, conservatism, Bolshevism, war, and climate change. That's what we have to deal with now. Well, again, to people who don't vote, engage, or do anything. Was it worth it? Was all politicians so bad? Was every opinion, every politician had the same as any largest lies? Everything? Really everything? It was, was it so bad that they didn't do anything. After World War II, it came something good out of it. The UN. Well, believe me, UN is not perfect, but it's better. And it can make it better if you just try, but you won't want to. I don't know what's going to happen after this next world war, pandemic or combination of both. If, well, one third or one fourth of population in the world dies and got poverty and suffering and so on maybe a peace movement will arise and some idealistic people will say enough if enough but I think we are ne not nearly near that the peace movement is nothing people who demonstrated nuclear weapons where are they? a lot of them during the cold war now they're not sitting on tiktok and watching kitties and dogs on youtube nothing Nothing gonna happen for you ordinary people just go out and do something. I'm not positive anymore because it's nothing to be positive about. It is what it is. And we're gonna we are bombarded with it in the media twenty-four fucking hours a day. But we just watch it like it's a fucking movie, TV show extended cut of some fucking old 80s movies this is reality and this is now and if you want some tomorrow you better fucking move your ass and do something this was Trump with Trump was the truth that was uh, Trump telling the truth thank you uh, Trump as always thank you Trump um TV let's talk about some TV let's see something ending this week Big Brother U.S. finale uh, yeah. happened on CBS. I have seen all but the three episodes. Yeah, the two last three. The last three. I think two or three. Yeah. Well, if you saw 
if it's the last two you haven't seen, the second to last one is that episode where they just do a recap of the whole season and you can skip completely. You know, yes, that episode that, they do every year, which is like, I always skip and never watch. Yeah, me too. Yeah. They're always like, oh, there's secret, there's special behind the scenes stuff you've never seen before. And it's never interesting. Yeah. It's never anything yeah. interesting. So I always skip that episode. So really, you only probably have one episode left to watch. Um, the finale was a two hour episode. I won't spoil it for you, but uh, uh, it's pretty obvious who, no, who is going to no, win. No, I, I asked who, who won. So I already know. Well, I got, I didn't even really tell you, but uh, I just made a point. I, I just made the point, like, oh, it was, it's pretty obvious who was going to win, and you kind of insinuated out of that. I didn't actually spoil it necessarily. Um, that, that's true. <laughs> I okay. I was not stupid, so I knew. Yeah, uh, yeah I guess win. so. It, it's that. it was really <laughs> weird this season. It seemed like. From maybe week four, I was like, oh, I know exactly who's going to win this. Like, it's pretty obvious. And that's kind of annoying, like, in the sense that sometimes you can see the producers of the show manipulating certain situations to get a character that they like because it's better TV. Uh mm -hmm. They want the... If, if, a, if, there, if there's a character in Big Brother that's a really a character that they can see people really enjoying and they, they want to keep that character around because it's going to keep people watching, you can kind of manipulate certain games to keep that person around. If there's a certain character that's really popular with uh, fans um, mm. and you're running a TV show, you're a TV show producer, and you know if that character gets kicked off that your ratings are going to go down. You have an incentive to manipulate games to keep that character around. Does that make sense? But, uh, yeah, but I very much felt, uh, I, I agree with you that they kind of like, they had decided themselves. Yeah. But, I, um, but the thing like, okay, go ahead. Sorry. I, I interrupted you. You know, and then I just felt like they were kind of trying to, to turn, turn the 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 minds of the viewers very very like to one side. Well, the thing and about Big Brother US yeah. is the the viewers don't decide who wins. So there's that number one. Sure. Uh, but I think it's not like they're rigging it because there's not really a way to rig Big Brother. But there are ways to manipulate situations to put a game in a, in a place that you know a certain character is going to be better at because maybe let's say you like a, the producers like a specific character and that character happens to be i don't know a uh a mathematician and then uh the next competition where they're they have a chance of going out at say it's a video competition and they're up up on the block and that veto competition happens to be a math-based game. You know what I mean? That kind of thing makes you go, hmm, <laughs> maybe they are manipulating the situation to try to keep the entertaining character in. Uh, but they're not. They're manipulating it. They're not rigging it. You know, the person could still technically lose. Yes. They're just giving them a huge advantage, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I do agree uh, with it uh, since the, the viewers aren't... aren't uh aren't uh, uh, choosing but what I mean about it is like uh, they were skewing it uh, for the viewers to 
get sympathy or maybe even like like her more than other characters. I don't know. Uh, I, I think I, well, maybe, but I think probably it's more likely that the viewers just did like that character, and so they right. they they ran with that because uh, they want to appease their the their viewers. Like if that person went out week two, right? Uh, the people that were real that were watching just for that person are gonna peace out. They're gonna be like, "Fuck this right. show," right? And so that's bad for right. bad for uh, advertising money. And so they have an incentive to keep one of those kind of people around. That's what I think right. happens. I don't think it's yeah. necessarily like they're planning from the beginning. Oh, uh, before it even starts, they're like. Oh, this is who we want. I think they start, and a few weeks go by, and they see how social media is reacting, and people are reacting to the show, and they go, "Oh, clearly they like this person." Uh, I think that's more probably how how it works. When all that is said and done, this is this is my least favorite season of Big Brother, of any Big Brother. Uh, I don't know I, that. Uh, the season one of Big Brother US was maybe the worst season of Big Brother. Ever. Have you ever seen season one? I don't think I have. I think it was the one. only season that viewer the viewers were allowed to vote for the person. Um, it was like way more. It was so different than Big Brother you think of now. Big Brother now is so formulaic. Like in the first season, they had to grow their own food. Right. Yeah, it was totally different. Like, totally different. But I, I, I'm saying it's the worst season I, I have watched. Oh, sure. I, I, yeah, okay. Yeah. It's just like, I I I just didn't like this season. I think it's, uh, it's the combination of, of extremely bad and uninteresting people. Uh, I think that but, uh, was the biggest problem, is that these people all yeah. were so, like, kumbaya the whole time there was no big fights there was one guy who had a big fight the guy with the 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 like dyed blonde hair who went out in like week three or something um and as soon as he kind of like got angry about one little thing everybody turned on him because they were all super so kumbaya and there was no and that's what's exciting about big brother is when people you know get riled up with each other um and that that doesn't seem to happen anymore in Big Brother US, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it does but, happen in Survivor occasionally. Yeah, I was just going to say that. So like turning from uninteresting booking to a very interesting. Yeah, Survivor season twenty or no forty two. I almost said yeah. twenty four, but it that's just it backwards. Forty two. Backwards. Yeah. Uh, Good. Yeah, I like that they don't... There was a few seasons, maybe three or four seasons ago, um, maybe even five seasons ago even, where they were doing like the Exile Island stuff and everything was getting way yeah. too... The gameplay was getting way too complicated and every yeah. they were adding way too many idols where it was like getting ridiculous. People had like three idols. There was a guy who had like three idols in one season, remember that? And it was just like, yeah. this is so stupid. <laughs> Um, I even stopped watching for a little while, but now they're getting back to like the kind of bare bones, more bare bones version of of Survivor now. That's that's also what I liked because uh, in in the first uh, competition where 
uh, when when they were like uh, uh, getting things, they got like one flint, one machete, and and one ball. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It's more. I I did like the seasons where they had to battle on the boat to see who would get what supplies. Like the teams would like mm-hmm. fight over. Uh, and then would get they get certain supplies and others would get other supplies. Those were kind of fun seasons also. But I think just kind of putting it back down to like more basic gameplay, that's what really helped this season. I think one thing bad about current Big Brother US is like the formulaicness of it. How it's like... Right. Uh, they have all these competitions that are like... Oh, this this is the uh, the competition we do every year, and we do it in the same part of the season every year. It just everything's the same. Survivor, at least, like the competitions always change; they're always different, uh, and they're the competitions aren't necessarily like as integral to the to the game as maybe Big Brother is, where uh, winning competitions is important in Survivor, but. Sometimes the gameplay is more important than the competitions. Uh, my guess of winner uh, very, very early is uh, the lady without leg. I really, really liked her. I think the young kid, uh, the kid who's like, I'm going to be the youngest winner uh, of Survivor oh, yeah. ever. I think he's 19 or whatever, but it, he's for a 19-year-old, he looks he looks like a 30-year-old. Looks... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, smart no. and he's and he's you know physically strong and everything, so he's got all the advantages. Yeah. But yeah, no, very good so far. Will be an interesting season to follow. Okay, what else did you see this week? Uh, let's see. I watched Dharma, uh, documentary on, on well, what's Not the re- documentary? No, no, not really. it was a retelling of the Jeffrey Dahmer kind of story. Yeah, uh, with uh, Evan Peters in the lead. Uh, I love even Evan Peters. Mm-hmm. He's he's really really creepy in everything he does, and he's definitely very very creepy in this. Yeah, um, it's very the acting. I think everybody was really good in this. I think. Uh, as far as the acting goes, the cinematography yeah. is really good. The storyline, I, it was a little weird where they started, started the story. You know what I mean? Because the story, the start of the story is the end and everything. Um, mm. It felt like after episode one, I was like, oh, I guess I can stop watching this now. You know what mm. I mean? But it's that's episode one, and so that kind of felt weird as far as. Uh, as far as the story goes, but everything else is like really, really good. Oh, we didn't score either of those other things, but I guess I'd give this like a. I'd probably give it an eight, to be honest. Dahmer. Yeah. Um. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I think yeah. the cinematography and the acting is the best part. The story is like okay, if you kind of know the story of this, uh, you'll. You know, it kind of it doesn't really follow a chronological order either. It's kind of all over the place as far as the show goes, but it's interesting and the acting's really good. So I ate. Uh, another thing that I thought was really good this week 
there was a free preview for it on Amazon. It was American Gigolo. I think it was on Stars, right? Okay. Have you seen this? No. Uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's really really good. It's about a guy who is a gigolo, right? Um. I think it's based off of some movie or something, based- right? Yeah, I had it on my. Uh, we we talked a little about it when we did our fall previews. Oh right, okay. Yeah. Um, it was on one of your lists. Of, was it uh, on your top five? You think? No, it was on my honorable mention. Yeah, it had. Uh, let's see, John Bernthal is the main character. Uh, he plays a gigolo, obviously, uh, and it's about. Uh, him trying to get back at people who kind of, uh, kind of groomed him into the lifestyle from being a child. Okay, uh, it also has mm-hmm. Rosie O'Donnell in it, who I haven't seen it in anything in oh, like a really I- long time. That's the name I haven't heard in oh, quite a while. It's on Showtime. Yeah, she looks really good. She's like really skinny and uh. Doesn't I like I heard her voice and I'm like that's it that's Rosie like the voice is so obvious because she's got that very distinct mm-hmm. voice and like that New York accent and everything so before I even saw her I knew it was her but then when I saw her I was like is that Rosie O'Donnell like she looks so different um, <laughs> but she's very good in it also uh, Showtime but it, apparently it's on Roku for free if you if people want to see it so. Uh, yeah, it's very good. I'd give this a nine actually so far from what I've seen of it. It's the acting's really good. The storyline's pretty amazing. Great cliffhanger at the end of episode one that just makes you want to keep seeing more. So yeah, nine. Definitely check this out, Fro. Uh, you were correct in thinking it was going to be good. Uh, don't hug me. I'm scared. Um, it's originally a YouTube show. It has gotten like six episodes syndicate on, I think it's BBC or something. Okay. I recommend this to absolutely everybody. It is weird. It is amazing. And it's weird. And it's amazing. And it's weird. And it's amazing. Uh, I can't really tell you what it's about because that's like spoiling it because it's not really about anything. It's just so fucking weird. <laughs> and also amazing, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I've seen the internet version of it and it is just weird. That's all you can say about yes. it. Is it's weird on purpose. That's the whole point of it. And it's a little creepy, creepy weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... Let's see. Let's talk about Designing Miami from... Okay. A Netflix show. It's about a company that's uh, a couple of... Well, it's actually about two different companies, but these two people who are, like, interior designers, they used to have a company together, and then they've split apart into two different companies, and now they're two competing designing companies, but they both kind of, like still get along, but they have, like, a friendly rivalry. Does that make sense? Uh, It's a reality show, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. The biggest problem is when you make a reality show like this, usually you start out with, 
Oh, like when they made what's a good example? Uh, Duck Dynasty. They made that show because those characters were fucking weird and interesting, right? Like they that was like otherwise it would just be a bunch of duck people, and like if they weren't interesting, it would be boring. And that's the problem with the show is the concept was we're gonna make a show about interior designers. But then they went and found the most boring-ass interior designers they could possibly find. These two people are so bland and boring and basic. It's fucking... It's annoying how boring they are. Uh, especially since, like, they're in Miami and it's, like, this very vibrant, like, uh, city and everything. You would think that they would be, like, pretty exciting people. But no, they're the most boring-ass people ever. So I'm going to give this a... I'm going to give it a th- three... Sounds amazing. Yeah, definitely don't watch this. Well, what was amazing was uh, Ghost Season 4. Uh, UK version, you should specify. UK version, yes, yes. Underline that with two red ar- uh, arrows. Uh, probably my favorite season so far. Uh, really liked some storylines and some... Yeah, it's... Just very, 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 very good. Um, uh, it follows this uh, married couple that uh, buys uh, in in uh, the UK. Uh, the lady hits her head, and all of a sudden she can see ghosts. Uh, that is the premise of the show. Uh, extremely funny, extremely good acting. Yeah, uh, like I said, I. Team this is my favorite season. I will actually give it a nine. A nine? Okay. Yeah, I mean, if, the thing is, people probably have seen, uh, or at least Americans probably have seen the American version, and so they kind of know what that is, and it's so the same show, at least in the first season, that you you'll mm. at least, if you've seen the American version, you have a concept of what the British version is. It's just the British version is better. That's all, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, with good acting. Right, and funnier jokes. Um, and not stolen. Uh, Celebrity Jeopardy mm. uh, is a show now. Like, it used to be once a year they would have a special week that was like Celebrity Jeopardy week, right? Where they would... <laughs> do like a little tournament with celebrities and every people would get excited to watch that because it, it was like a once a, a year thing. And it was very like, you know, that's what made it exciting. It was, uh, it only happened once a year, you know, that that's what made it interesting. So now they were like, mm-hmm. let's ruin that and just make a, a the sh- in, make that the show is just celebrity jeopardy. And it's like that, you ruined the concept that made it interesting. The thing that made it interesting is that it didn't happen all the time. It only happened once a year, right? That's the way I look at this, but uh, Celebrity Jeopardy is hosted by... Uh, what's her name? I can't remember what her name is, but she was... Uh, Maya, Maya Bialik. Uh, there. there we go, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's, it, she said this is going to be a tor- tournament-style... Jeopardy thing, so I assume you the person who wins then goes on to go face other people, and then it's going to be in a tournament uh, bracket type cat uh, type game. Uh, I'm not sure how long it's going to last, but it wasn't really that. I mean, I, Jeopardy's all right, but it 
the concept of Jeopardy is so dated at this point, right? Or is it right. just me? Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, was uh, someone there that I would know? Uh, Andy Richter was on it, and he pretty much like oh. wiped the floor with people in the first episode. So, love, love, love. I'm Andy trying to think Richter. of who else was on there. It was he's the only one I remember. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> okay. I think the other two were kind of like B celebrities or people I'd never really heard of. So. Okay. Was like bachelor people. Yeah, there was one. There was a uh, a lady who might have been like on Broadway or something. You know that kind of thing. Yeah. Well, I don't have anything else uh, but uh, the thing that we watched together, but separately. Uh, well, what about Ty Cave, Ty Cave Rescue? You saw that, oh, right? Cave Rescue. Thank you that you reminded me. See, uh, this is w what happens when I'm not home and don't have my computer in front of me. Yes, uh, I did watch that. Uh, I uh, said to you that I liked the movie, right? I told you about the movie. Uh, uh, yeah, I never watched the movie, but a lot of people said that the mo the movie was really good. Did it have Ed Harris in it or something, I think? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Really, really good movie. Uh, so it was a little bit weird to see the same fucking story again, <laughs> just as a TV show. Um, this was I, I. I didn't see the movie, but I assume this was a little less Americanized because it was not filmed uh, by an American company. It seemed like. Uh, it felt very, very similar. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's maybe one of my biggest complaints. It's just right. like it felt like it felt like an offshoot of the movie almost. Um, like, why are we doing this again? Kind of feeling. Yes. Yes. So I, I I find maybe I'm the wrong person to ask about this because I kind of like didn't really enjoy this because I just thought it was like okay, been here, done that. Uh, but I would give it a four, maybe. Um, I think the one thing is, like, the, st the well, at least to me, the story is so known in my head that watching it through episode one, I was like, okay, just get trapped in the cave already. And then by episode right. two, uh, I, episode two, or that's kind of at the end of episode one, that's when they actually get trapped. Um, and so at that point, I was, like, watching episode two going... Just wait, like I'm just waiting for the things to happen that I know are gonna happen. You know what I mean? I'm not like uh, living in in the space of like this episode. I'm sitting there going, okay, when is this gonna happen? When is this gonna happen? Uh, and that kind of ruins the uh, suspense, you know, when you know what's gonna happen next. So in that sense, I don't like this kind of true true event type storytelling. Um, that thing's fine. It's the story you have followed us. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess that's true. Like, if it wasn't such a huge story that everybody knew about, you know, it would be right. a little more interesting, and it you wouldn't know. Like, but it's like the Titanic kind of scenario where I, you know, the ending uh, of Titanic. Yeah, but yeah, uh, they obviously have to add things to make it more interesting. You, you know, and that aren't true events. Things to make 
you know, to spice it up. There's that whole aspect of it as well, but the acting right. was pretty good. The cinematography is, like, mid-level. There's nothing special going on as far as cin cinematography. The dialogue is pretty bad, so I'd give this a... Um, I'll give it a 5.5. .5. Right. Yeah. Cool. And the last thing I saw was... Reasonable Doubt on Hulu. Oh. Guess what this is about? Hmm, is it the lawyer show? It's a lawyer show. It's about a woman who is a defense attorney, I think. Uh, and she's supposed to, like, defend this guy who... Or she's trying to get a thing signed for a guy, an NDA, because he's trying to sell a company, but a woman is trying to... Accuse him of sexual assault, and this lawyer is like, "Well, did you sexually assault her?" And that's where like kind of the back and forth comes in. At least in the first episode, is like she's trying to figure out, uh, did this guy do do the thing he's trying to get uh, her to like help him get rid of? Does that make sense? Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, and and it's got also an aspect of it where her husband is. Ha cheated on her in the past or something and they're split up they're not like together but they're not divorced uh and she meets another guy and uh she kind of falls for him so there's like a love triangle thing also going on in the in the um lawyer show so it's kind of mixing a few different things together i don't know it's the acting's not great the cinematography is very like ABC, CBS, uh, lawyer, drama type show. Mm -hmm. uh, overall, probably like a... This is probably a four as far as shows go. I mean, it's not it's not a super offensive, but it's nothing... They're not trying anything new here. It's very basic. Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm going to guess that you saw Sandman. I did. Uh, Sandman, what, episode... I don't even remember what episode it was. Eight? <laughs> we're almost, we gotta figure out what we're doing next. We haven't even figured out what we're doing next. But chapter eight, playing house, as Morpheus closes in on one of the missing cre uh, creations, Rose ramps up efforts to locate her brother and unwittingly makes a friend's dream come true. Um, Do you have more understanding for where we're going and now i mean this episode made more sense but at the same time it makes me go why did we have all those episodes like episode one through four what did those have to do with this story yeah. at all like why did i watch those like they didn't build anything up as far as like where we're going with this storyline you know right if and that's kind of my biggest complaint as well. It felt like there was one show before the diner episode and then a whole different show after the diner episode. Yes. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And, uh, uh, I, I, I watched this and I was like, this, this, this is better than last, last week. Just let's have that clear, but it's not by a lot. Yeah, in the first it's, half of it, I was even like, oh, this is going to be just as bad as last episode. But by the end of it, I felt like they had um, explained some things, but at the same time also left things like... 
per, not purposely vague, but like mm, kind where, where, of purposely vague. The part where he's like, even I can't explain the dream vortex, and it's like, um, then why do we? Then why is it here if yeah, even I, he doesn't yeah, under I, like nobody understands it, and we have no no reason to think that it, it it's important or we have to think it's important to it, but we have no idea what it is, right? There's no way to explain what it is. And it's like, I don't, that's just, yeah, it's, the vagueness of it, uh, it, it kind of is annoying. Yeah. Yeah. So all in all, I, 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 I find it a little confusing, uh, this time as well, how much they, uh, think that you have knowledge to, to the material before you watch it. And I still think that's annoying. It's not as annoying as last episode, but it's it's quite annoying. I think certain parts were. Whenever he talks with his librarian, they speak to each other about things that aren't ever referenced in the rest of the show in a way where right. like they, they're expecting you to know, have the knowledge of this, even though they've never said it in the show before. And that is annoying, I think. And that did happen yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I will score it a six point five. I'm right there with you. I think, uh, yeah, better than the last episode, but not by much. Oh, yeah. Okay, Riverdale actor Ryan Grantham sentenced to life behind bars for killing his mother. Um, I I saw this uh, and I was like, wow. I guess he had like a mental breakdown is what it sounds like. Uh, he, yeah. he Very was sad. thinking about going and like shooting up a festival even. Um, yes. but he ended up turning himself into the police instead of going and doing that, which is good, I suppose in that sense. But, um, yeah, he, he definitely had a mental breakdown. Uh, it does, this was totally senseless, uh, a senseless killing, um, as far as I can tell, uh, and he didn't. He, I think he pleaded guilty. Like he, he had, he's he's completely admitted to this. Um, mm -hmm. Grace and Chance. Uh, I don't know who this is. Do you know? I don't remember this kid. Never, never heard about this guy before this week. But apparently, he went viral at the age of twelve. Uh, he shot to fame with the help of Ellen DeGeneres. Uh, who now uh, he's coming out to tell the story of just kind of how manipulative and uh, opportunistic she was to use his success as a child um, mm -hmm. to benefit herself but then when she was kind of done using him just kind of tossed him to the side right and he felt like she, she used him and, and abused him and then just kicked him to the curb is kind of what he's come out and said about Ellen, which we already knew Ellen wasn't great person, right? So yeah, yeah, not super shocked. This kind of puts her even in a worse light though, because this is like a child, not like grown ass mm. adults, which is what she was dealing, which was like kind of the problem she had with her show being mean to like you know celebrities and other uh, employees of hers. But when you're dealing with like a a twelve year old and you're treating them like trash, it's a whole that's way worse. In definitely, uh, yeah. Um, what's fide? What is, what is fide? What does that does that stand for something? 
It is uh, uh, French, so don't ask me to say it, but it's uh, the International Chess uh, Federation. Right, okay. They've made a statement about uh, the Carlson Neiman, uh, what what do we call it, feud? Well, <laughs> yeah, the buckle, feud, right. whatever. Um, they say they're going to investigate. They are preparing a task for Fair Play Commission to thoroughly investigate the incident when adequate initial proof is provided and all parties involved disclose information at, at uh, all information at their disposal. We're full aware, fully aware that in some cases uncertainty can harm players' performance uh, and it can also damage certain players' reputations. So they're saying, like, we don't have proof that this guy did cheat and so we don't want to ruin his, his um, reputation outright, right? Uh, right. I think his reputation is kind of already ruined. I think it's too late for that. But I think what they're saying is we don't want to add to that if we don't have right. proof. And so we're going to investigate. Yeah. And I think that's fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I think so too. Um, uh, definitely certain people have jumped to conclusions that this guy's automatically guilty. But right. uh, the evidence, especially the the point that we made last week, I think, about him using a strategy to defend against uh, Magnus that he said he studied for, but there was no way he could, could have studied for that move because Magnus has never used it. That the, that was, like, the biggest thing to me that made me go, wait, why would he say that? That seems really... Uh, he, why? What, when somebody starts defending themselves and they're lying about the way they yeah. they're defending it, it makes you realize like what else are they lying about? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah. Okay, audible trial. I got some Gatorade here. What kind of Gatorade is this? Cool blue, cool blue. Cool. I love how Gatorade doesn't like actually have flavors. It's just colors. That's the flavor is a color. Um. AudibleTrial.com. If uh, if you did a blind test of Gatorade, wouldn't you? Don't you think you would taste the difference? Uh, yeah, but I think like I would be certain color and flavors of Gatorade like are so similar. Like this kind of tastes like cherry, uh, the cherry, the white cherry. I think it's called Glacier Cherry or something. There's they taste so similar to each other. I don't know if blind taste test wise, I'd be able to pick pick between the two, if that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Audible. www.audibletrial.com forward slash ADC. That's audibletrial.com forward slash ADC. If you want to go there and get a free trial of Audible, you can sign up, get a free audio book, and if you cancel any time before the month is up, you're going to keep the book and uh, you don't get charged anything. And it helps us out, so go do that. Uh, yeah, more more news, entertainment news. Alec Baldwin, in the ongoing saga of the Rush shooting, fro Alec Baldwin's lawyer issued a statement uh, after the DA the DA uh, in the case said that Alec Baldwin could face potential charges in the fatal shooting that occurred last year on the set of Rust. Uh, this was according to the Santa Fe County District Attorney. Uh, Baldwin has maintained he did not pull the trigger. Um, his Even people. That's, uh, impossible. <laughs> uh, yeah, w one of the 
possible defendants is well-known movie actor Alec Baldwin, adding that the case could require up to four separate jury trials. That, so yeah, this is going to be an ongoing thing we're going to talk about, but right now um, it's looking like Alec Baldwin may be one of the people, may be charged in this, and it, there could be other people charged, maybe the, uh, the, the lady who was you know, in charge of handling guns, what, what, the person, uh, on set, that the, yeah, the, there was one lady who, it, it was her job to make sure that the gun wasn't, uh, loaded with, with a real bullet, and she clearly failed, so she could probably be in trouble as well, uh, right. we'll see what happens with it, I mean, it's gonna be, um, you know, I, I don't know if it's going to be televised, but it's going to be a very publicized trial. So we'll see what happens with that in the future. I yeah, I, you're talking about that. Uh, just a little like in 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 play. Uh, I I watched some Alex Jones trial while while I've been here. Nothing super interesting. I had initially put something about it in our news segment, but it was so depressing that I didn't. I didn't leave it in there because it just wouldn't have been fun to talk about, about the mother talking about all the letters and stuff that were being yeah. sent to her other son, the, her son that wasn't oh, killed. It was please. just, it was so it was sad and depressing. Uh, it's not even like something fun to talk yeah. about. So I was like, let's not do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that trial's happening. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk more about it when something interesting happens, I suppose. It seems like he's Alex Jones is going to go down for this one also, though, so... Hopefully, yeah. Uh, movie round. Uh, I saw a few movies this week. I watched Memory last night with Liam Neeson. Memory! Oh, not that movie. No, not... cat. Is that Cats? Yes. It is Cats. Uh... No, not I'm not the movie Cats. Of, of someone that hates musicals, you, you do know some about it. Well, this is a Liam Neeson movie, so guess what it's about, Fro? <clears throat> okay. Uh, their son, daughter, wife was kidnapped, killed, uh, slash something, into a foreign country, and Liam Neeson is going to take revenge. Well, well, it's not his daughter, but it is a young girl uh, who is being uh, she's uh, sold into like prostitution, and he has to go uh, kill all the people who put her in. Pro so yeah, it, yeah, there's a a girl, and then he has to go kill all the people who are uh, who have this girl captive. Yes. <laughs> wow, that's so. It's so hilarious. original. Yeah. <laughs> Never seen Liam Neeson movie about that before the interesting part about this is uh he's older in this and it's called memory because he has like alzheimer's and so he is he forgets things even so he yeah. he's trying to retire from being an assassin because he's uh there's at one point he like just completely like misses a whole part so that part of it's a little bit interesting the like the, him losing his memory while also trying to like complete this very dangerous job of killing all these criminals. Um, I mean, it was fine as far as, you know, action movies go. It's probably a, it's probably a five right in the middle. Well, I saw bodies, 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 bodies this week. Oh, cool. Uh, 
with uh, Pete Sketch Sketchy Pete. Wasn't that his nickname? Is that what people call him? Okay. No, wasn't that what Connie West called him? I think that was. I don't. I I it. remember he had some weird nickname for him, but I don't remember what it was. I think it was Sketchy Pete. Yeah. Now this is twenty uh, something rich people uh, having a hur hurricane. A party in a remote uh, mansion, and they have like this party game that goes uh, a lot, very, 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 very wrong. I really dig this movie. Uh, it was very, very fun. Uh, I understand that this movie isn't really made for me it's like made for people in their 20s but i i really dig this movie i think some of the acting was really good uh and it's uh, very like it's this very fun uh, movie about like uh, rich people without their wi-fi descending into this like madness uh, uh, and it's like it's yeah it it has this uh, horror element but it is um, very funny it reminds me a little of Jennifer's Body if you ever saw that one a long, uh, in, a long time ago yeah in comedy style uh, not not like like anything would do with the plot line but right, I. Okay. It's 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 just very 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 clever and and it it offers a very like I feel a very like refreshing take on the whole like murder mystery thing as well. So yeah, I will give it an eight point five. I remember there being very mixed reviews, uh, but that most people really uh, like. I remember people liked it and critics didn't like it. Was that what it was? I think so. Or maybe it was the other way around. Um, I saw Top Gun Maverick, the new Top Gun movie. Um, this is bad. This is a bad movie. Uh, you, you remember Top Gun, right? Well, this is like... Uh, the guy, Goose, who dies in top, the first movie, uh, his, his son is now being trained by Tom Cruise, uh, and they have a beef with each other because it, he thinks his, he killed his dad, right? Um, that's one storyline, and then the other storyline is just the plot of Star Wars 3, <laughs> where they, ha they have to... F they have to maneuver down this canyon to try to hit this very small target, and there's turret guns all along this canyon, very much exactly like the end of Star Wars 3. Uh, yeah, so it's just the original Top Gun mixed with Star Wars, and then a lot of, you know, American military propaganda, hoo-rah hoo kind of mentality. Really not a good movie. I'm going to give this a, a 3.5. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, and the other thing, the really annoying <laughs> thing about this is, it's like very, mm, you know, pro-U.S. military, and they're fighting mm. somebody, but they never say who 
the enemy. They're, they're, it's not like, oh, we got to go attack the Russians or we're going against this country or that country. They never say who the enemy that they're attacking is, which is really weird. I only seen one other movie, and that was with you. Yeah, me too. It was called Lou on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Will you tell us what it was about? Uh, it's about a woman, Lou, who, uh, what, she lives out in the middle of nowhere, and at the very beginning, it seems like she's gonna commit suicide, she, she's done, done with life, it seems like, she's an old lady living by herself, out in the middle of nowhere, very hard life, uh, but slowly over the course of the movie, we realize why she actually was done, uh, with everything, because this neighbor of hers child gets kidnapped yeah 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 we're not going to spoil the ending or anything but you saw it coming i didn't uh but yeah no i thought this was going to be a terrible shit movie it's not a terrible shit movie it's probably one of the best netflix movies in quite a while in a bit, yeah. I mean, I, I, there's definitely been some good Netflix shows and stuff, but as far as movies go, that are just kind of, you know, actual Netflix movies, this is definitely one of the be- better ones recently. Um, really good acting. The storyline and cinematography are really good as well. And yeah. uh, the ending, it's got a really good ending. Got a interesting Mm -hmm. twist in the middle also i don't know i'd give it a i'll give it an 8.5 i would give it a nine yeah i i really enjoyed it it was a huge surprise for me and i i think uh, laura linney or uh, whatever her name is uh, really really surprised me and how good she was yeah there were certain things about the storyline that were a little confusing, like the helicopter at the end, but Mm -hmm. whatever, you know, uh, it was overall really entertaining. So yeah. Um, okay. That was movies. Uh, let's watch a trailer for a movie. That's definitely, uh, not controversial. Don't worry, darling. I'm so sorry I forgot to tell you, but you're not feeling good. Uh, I love Florence Pugh. Florence Pugh. I'm you and kiss you and cook for- Bye. Okay. So she's like a normal, like, 50s housewife. That's kind of cool. That was really cool. Mm. Has built something truly special. Ding ding. What he's created out here, it's it's a different way. It gives me Stepford vibes. That's uh, exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. But I think I saw that also in some of the reviews I I read. I live next door. You wouldn't believe the things I've heard. I haven't seen this trailer yet. This is the first time I've ever seen a trailer yeah, I mean, for this movie. What is yeah, I mean, I've seen a lot of press for it, mostly negative press. So, yes, there are some controversies around this. It's kind of got um, 
That's where it's safe. What's his name? That one director who did Magnolia vibes. I was here. Yeah, Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah, it's got Paul Thomas Anderson vibes a little bit. Yeah. Very much so. And I don't mind that since that's my favorite director. Oh, that's cool. Like I like that. I have some pills I can prescribe for that. I definitely want to see this. Where did you meet? Uh, oh yeah, yeah. On a train to Boston. I I think I told you in the break uh, that it's I think it was my number two movie of the year. In, at the beginning of the year? Uh, yeah. Oh okay. What are we doing? I don't remember hearing about it back then, but I'm not surprised. I guess. Yeah, Booksmart is is one of my favorite movies, and uh, right. Yeah, even Polly wants to watch this movie. Right? She's jumping for joy, literally. She's like, I want to be on this show. <laughs> yeah, no, this looks super cool. I've been waiting for someone like you, someone to challenge me. But it also looks like it could be very pretentious, possibly. Which would be... Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm guessing probably is one of the problems people had with it, but we'll see, I guess, in a second. Mm-hmm. Only in theaters. Okay. So, uh, what is this, this Oscar-nominated question mark movie about? In the 1950s, Alice and Jack have, oh, live in an idealized community of victory, an experimental com company town that houses the men who work on a top-secret project. While the husband toils away, the wives get to enjoy the beauty, luxury, and debauchery of their seemingly perfect paradise. However, when cracks in their idyllic, uh, idyllic life begin to appear, exposing flashes of something sinister leaking below the surface. Uh, 6.3 out of 10 on IMDb, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes, though. Not great. 48% on Metacritic, but 84% of Google users liked it. It's got Olivia Wilde, Chris Pine, uh, Florence Pugh, Harry Styles, uh, lots of... Nick Kroll is in it? Huh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of uh, reasons why I want to see this. Yeah, I mean, uh, it looks, the, from the trailer, it looks like something I would really enjoy, but I, like I said, it also has the potential to just be way too, uh, way too artsy, I guess is a good word for it, like trying, tr a little try-hard. It could be a little try-hard, yeah. So, should we talk about the controversy, controversy first, or? Let's do that afterwards, let's do... Let's okay. do some reviews first, and then we'll do controversy. Uh, but I think probably in the reviews, they'll probably talk about it a little bit. I went to the Facebook. Linda Max doesn't recommend uh, enjoyable music, beautiful fashion, storyline, though. Meh. That's what she says. Uh, Karen Jones Phil Pilf. Philpot, yeah, recommends and says, love the clothes, love the set. Florence Pooh was amazing. Harry Styles and Chris Pine were both both great. Very step-preferred wives, but I found it extremely interesting. So yeah, that that's where I saw the comparison to step for wives. Yeah. Mm. Um, let's see, Gabriel, Gabriel, oh Gabrielle Elizabeth says the fact that 
She based the character on Jordan Peterson and references him as an incel just goes to show she has absolutely zero clue about his work and his making commentary on a person she has no idea about, but you can't teach common sense or intellectual uh, thought. These virtual sig virtue signaling ignorant actors are becoming an embarrassing bore. Okay, I, I think I see where that person's coming from, not necessarily from a, uh, a stance of whether the movie's good or bad, though, I think. <laughs> Now, uh, it has 77% rotten audience score, though. That's pretty high. Uh, Itzel Aguilar recommends saying, I loved it. It exceeded my expectations. Uh, great plot and excellent actors. So, some people saying the, they like the storyline. Other people are like, the storyline's pretty garbage. But, like, it's it's visually, it looks good. So, yeah. I can see that. But like I said, a 77 audience score is pretty good on Rotten Tomatoes. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, not great critic score, though, right? What did I say? Like 30-something percent? So 38 is what it says here. 38%, yeah. Not great. Um, yeah, so let's talk about the... Like, where do we even start with the controversy? So... <sighs> I don't do... I mean, I do, there's... There has been controversy that has followed this from uh, day one, almost. So uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of weird. Uh, I think uh, what most people uh, think is uh, that there were some allegations about uh, about drama on the set uh, that. Uh, 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 There's something between Florence Pooh and Olivia Wilde. Oh, Olivia right. Wilde uh, has a relationship with Harry Styles, uh, and Florence and her were already like getting in screaming fights about like just the film itself is what, or like the production of the film is that what happened? Uh, and mm -hmm. then uh, she hooked up. Olivia Wilde hooked up with Harry Styles. On like while they were doing the movie, and for some reason, Florence didn't like that. She thought that she was cheating on her husband or something. Uh, and then that I don't even know where that leads to, but uh, it says here sources claim Olivia and Florence had several disagreements, uh, personally and professionally, and Florence isn't doing any press for the movie, right? She didn't go out and do any like promotion except for going to a film festival or two, I think. Um, uh, and then, yeah, there, and, and then there was the spit gate where like, uh, Harry Styles supposedly spit on Chris Pine, but in actuality, it seems like that wasn't the case at all. I, I don't think that's really what happened. What do you think? Yeah, no, probably not. Uh, and then, uh, Olivia says that she uh, fired Shia LaBeouf. Uh, Shia LaBeouf got pissed by that and says that uh, she was lying. And and, and then a video, a video came out of her even like saying, "Oh, don't worry, Shia, we'll we'll, we'll take care of it. Uh, she's just got to deal with you being in the movie." Like the, he put yeah. out receipts that showed that. 
that he wasn't the problem. It was uh, Florence Pooh, it seems like, was having a problem with, with the whole situation. Right. Mm, and it says here, uh, sources say Florence Olivia had a screaming match on set. Uh, the source told Vulture that Olivia and Harry would just disappear off set. Florence had had enough of it. The tensions escalated to the point where they had a screaming match between Olivia and Sephora in January 2021. Uh, it was a blowout argument, uh, which seemingly broke the camel's back. Uh, yeah, the whole thing is like behind the scenes drama is really what it is. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that follows this movie. I, I don't know. I, I couldn't care less about like outside drama. What I care about is, is, is uh, if the movie is good or, or, or bad. Like, what happens on the set, I couldn't care less about, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, we're seeing mixed things about if it's good or not. I guess it depends on uh, how you're looking at it. It seems like if you're a critic and you're looking at it from, like, a critic's perspective, maybe not. But as far as <clears throat> being entertaining to an audience, it seems like that it, it, that's not an issue, right? Um Seems like some people are having a... There's a Guardian article calling the feminist angle in the movie empty. Uh, like, devoid of actual, like, substance. They're having a problem with that. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. And and saying that... Uh, that it has... Uh, there, there are certain problems with that angle... Uh, of the movie, according to this Guardian article, at least. So there's a lot of different, like, controversies happening surrounding this movie. But I think some of it might be on purpose to, like, promote it, maybe. Okay, tell me quickly, what other movies is coming out this week? Uh, Blank, uh, Sydney, Railway Children, Young Plato, um, Buried, what is it? Buried, uh, the 1982 Air. Alpine Meadows Avalanche, uh, yeah, Bandit, On the Come Up, and Jeepers Creepers Reborn. Oh, Jeepers Creepers. Yeah. Uh, I saw the preview for On the Come Up. I actually almost watched it this week. It looks... Oh. Uh, it looks like any one of those like rap rapper battle movies or like dance battle movies. One of those kind of movies. Cool. Like step up kind of thing, but with rap oh, with a rapper. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Jeepers Creepers sequel. I mean, the first one was all right. The second one was pretty terrible. But I think Don't Worry, what? Darling is probably the one I want to see. <laughs> the second one was so awful. <laughs> oh, it was so bad. Yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, so, I would like. Well, I mean, if that's the first one, what do you think second wise for you? And uh, keep Jeepers uh, Creepers, actually. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Just interesting to see if that if they make it as bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. Coming next week, news of the week, TV movies of the week, Sandman episode nine, second to last episode. We need to figure out. We'll we'll talk about it after the show, but what we're doing next. Well, uh, mm -hmm. Another digital review of Never Forget. Uh, it's either about the Alamo or 9-11, clearly. Or Alzheimer's. 
Oh, maybe. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> or or maybe somebody, uh, you know, when you get you hit your head and you forget everything, whatever that is. Or maybe people having Alzheimer's that was... Uh, amnesia, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah amnesia, yeah. Uh, or people having Alzheimer's that was hit in 9-11. So it also has a double meaning. And their grandfather fought in the Alamo. <laughs> or their great-great-grandfather, I suppose, or something, yeah. It's all connected. Uh, speaking of all connected, CIA launches yeah. its first podcast... Oh, what? Uh, it seems like everyone is launching a podcast these days, and now the Central Intelligence Agency has one. But don't expect any major revelations from the CIA's Langley Files, which is really a PR outreach initi initiative to bur uh, to improve the agency's image while also dispel notions uh, that it's glam a glamorous line of work, as it's often portrayed in pop culture. Uh, yeah, this is propaganda, right? Who's listening not, to this? I, I don't think it's glamorous work. Who the fuck think it's glamorous work? Well, I mean, when you see, like, uh, action movies about the CIA, like, uh, Mission Impossible yeah. and shit like that. Okay, I, I, I think I think it's boring, trite, shit job. That's what I think it is. Uh, I think there certain... I think it is true, though, that certain movies and TV shows glamorize it, for sure. Sure, but uh, you don't think so? I, mean, I think a hundred percent is true. Sure, no, no, no. I I agree. Just like Sand Sandman glamorize how it is to sleep. Uh, I no. do love sleeping. Uh, I, I love sleeping. Uh, but sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know why the CIA needs a podcast, but you know, sure. Uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't, so thanks, but no thanks? Uh, I don't know. I mean, remember we saw that, that one podcast for New York emergency medical, emergency, <laughs> uh, response team or whatever podcast? Yeah, everybody's got a podcast now, it's, it's, at some point it's gotta, like, fall off, right? Oh, uh, yeah. I know. I know this man in in uh, in Oregon that started a podcast with someone seven years ago. Yeah, seven oh, years wait. ago. Right. Yeah, we were going to try to have Tilly on today because she started the podcast with us, but she she got busy. She got busy with the kid, so she couldn't be here. She's one of the founding members of another digital citizen, I would say. Yeah, she was totally down, uh, well, this morning for her, but she just, uh, got busy in the, you know, just today, so, it, it's all good, you know, having a kid is crazy, so I'm, I don't blame her in any way whatsoever. Yeah, uh, it's like I usually say, there, there is a reason, there is a reason why I don't want a child, it's because I want to do things my way. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I have a lot of friends that have kids, and it's definitely, you uh, you got to uh, put off your life for them, which is, uh, you know, that's how it should be. 
that's how it should be. And if you choose to do that, uh, all more power to you, I guess. But not for me or Fro, I don't think. No. So uh, if you think about uh, the seven years, some some fun things you want to bring up that has happened during the the, the seven years. I think I think I think uh, the Nazi treasure train is something that I always bring up. When we talk about like the podcast, that's mm-hmm. one of my yeah, really uh, like that. Yeah, fentanyl conspiracy was a really good one that we went into yeah. and kind of debunked that whole thing. I think just the change of the podcast over the years, going from like one format to another, kind of shifting gears when we felt like we were maybe getting a little burned out on one thing, and just instead yeah. of like. Just get it, just burning ourselves out. Just being like, okay, it's it's time to move to something, a new formula, a new new way of doing things, like uh, changing the main topic. Uh, mm-hmm. We kind of like got rid of that and then uh, started reformulating the way we did other things uh, over time. And I mean, if you go mm-hmm. back to like the first format, it's so much different than this format. Uh, but I feel like this format definitely has a better flow, and it feels like. We, we definitely have, like, a formula down, but it's not, it's not, like, a formulaic, it's, obviously, because it, <laughs> if it was formulaic, we would be able to do a two-hour podcast exactly every week, and we never are. <laughs> we never do. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, it's, it's maybe formulaic, but it's not, like, never, like, it's never boring. I think one of the things that we, 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 we learned when we, took away the main topic was that we, we have more space for us to be in the podcast and that's kind of one of the the biggest things that i i i feel like we we now have more we have more flair now than we have had back then i think the plan uh, planning wise also having the jeremy round like for a long time we didn't have the jeremy round or we did kind of but we uh, it, there was a point where like we we'd have all this stuff and it's like we want to talk about all this stuff but we don't really have a place for it. Right. Having that, yeah. we're like, okay, we can put in all the things that we like fit into these segments that we do every week. But then having a mm-hmm. segment where we can just kind of freestyle and just whatever we feel like talking about, we can talk about. That's really helped <laughs> that the planning of the show because then I can always be like, yeah, if it doesn't really like fit in with whatever like whatever segment I can be like, well, we'll just throw it in the Jeremy round. We'll, we'll talk about right. it then. Right. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's really helped, uh, making the show run smoothly. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Now finding space for things is, is so important in podcast. And it's like, I, 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 I think that, uh, we now have become, uh, more able to 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 listen to each other's uh, suggestions and it's like we, we're, we when we want to do something like main topic wise it's not uh, it's 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 not like we 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 would be afraid of putting it up or anything it's just like yeah we have this the more relaxed podcasts and that uh with less stress in it. And that's, well, according to me, that's what creates a better podcast. 
Yeah, honestly, the most stressful thing for me is just getting the news together, and that's a one-day event. And, like, it's usually not that big of a deal. It The hardest part is when there's no, like, interesting news happening. That's when it gets hard to, like, uh, put the news together. When there's a ton of shit happening, it's, like, super easy. But when I have to, like, really dig deep to find interesting stuff to talk about, that's that can be the most stressful part, but everything else at this point runs really smooth. We, we've got a well-oiled machine happening, you know what I mean? Smooth operator! Mm-hmm. Alright, uh, speaking of Jeremy Round, Jeremy Round, uh, the Mr. Beast video with the guy living in the circle, did you watch that? Yeah. Uh, 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 how, it could have been a whole TV show. They could have done like a thirty episode was, TV show out of this. It was so good, though. or at least two was, videos instead of just doing yeah. it in one video. It was really good. I just wanted to see more. I wanted to see him live there. You know, I wanted to see. I I wanted a longer video or something. Yeah, right. But that's you know, Mr. Beast has that formula of like retention, like keep them keep him watching, you know? And, like, if you break it up into two videos, he probably thinks there'd be less people in the second video or something like that, yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I don't think that funny enough. Uh, I, I, I would love to see see a longer version of, of that. I mean, w- wouldn't it have been an awesome idea for them to have live-streamed the thing as it was happening for... Uh, oh yeah, that... the hundred day a hundred day live stream or something that would have had huge views, you know. So I don't know. Seems like they kind of dropped the ball. Like I guess I said the same thing about the uh, Squid Game video too. I was like, why are they doing one video? You could get multiple videos out of this very easily, uh, <clears throat> and stretch it out and get like they would get more money from ad revenue. But they have this formula of like like I said retention that they are more interested in than they are uh, worrying about views, I guess. It's kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, uh, anything else going on that you've seen? I mean, you've been pretty busy, so... I have been pretty busy. <laughs> I, I haven't really had time to, to do a lot. Uh, you know... Um, what did I watch? I think I, I, I think I watched uh, uh, Impulsive. I liked the new episode of Impulsive. I'm I'm really really looking uh, forward to the monster monster movie that's coming out this Friday. Uh, I have heard it is abysmally bad. You watch Impulsive? So, you just skipped over. You- <laughs> I didn't know you watched Impulsive. Yeah, sometimes I do, yeah. If they have, like, an interesting guest or something? Uh, yeah, or if I'm, like, really... Uh, need a podcast? To, need a podcast. Uh, uh, I think... Uh, uh, one, I think I listened to one of their old episodes... Uh, this week about like uh, uh, they were interviewing um, oh gosh let me find his uh, name uh, well you Martin look it up and I'll talk about Adam Levine yeah. we talked about Adam Levine last week but now like many many more people uh, women have come out and said that he 
he was also cheating with them, uh, yeah. revealing more and more texts. So it's not just one person, which is what we said last week. Now it's like up like hand handfuls of people at this point is what I'm to understand. Uh, yeah, that that story is getting crazier and crazier. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, it was Markiplier that was um, impulsive. Oh, okay. That was uh, interesting too. All right. Uh, um, I feel like there was definitely something else I was going to mention. Uh, okay. Young Gravy and Ethan Klein kissed on the podcast. That was like a thing that people were talking about. Um, oh yeah, and and he he uh, were like, oh, uh, uh, his wife had left him and things like that. Right. They 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 kind of milked it for sure. Um, yeah. Kind of interesting. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely something I'm forgetting, but whatever. It's all good. Oh, the, yeah. the Sidemen, Sidemen uh, football match. Did you see that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. That's the thing I was forgetting, yeah. Uh, there's been Eight, a, lo- a lot of videos coming out about it. it was Yeah. Uh, I was, I mean, I know Sidemen are big, but seeing the crowd there really puts into pr- perspective how yeah. popular they are in the UK, you know what I mean? I guess, you know, there was all these other very famous YouTubers that were in the match. I mean, Will and E and all these other people also, so. Mr. Beast was there, <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, so, I mean, that would pull in crowds right there. Yeah. Did you see the video of him opening Mr. Beast Burger, like a physical Mr. Beast Burger yeah. store? Yes. And it, like, just the whole mall was basically out of commission for, like, the entire day because yeah. so many people showed up. You kind of yeah, gotta no. feel bad for, like, the people who own other businesses in the mall because, like, you right. know that they were just being bombarded by little crazy little Mr. Beast fans, yeah? Right. Yeah, no, I... I, I, I think... I think he's... Uh, Going to be bigger than PewDiePie. I mean, he's uh, past him now, isn't he? Or he's got pretty close to being the same amount of subscribers. I know that. Yeah. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see. Well, they make about the same amount of videos uh, currently, so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just one has it, way better production value. Yes. And the other one is another a, a more chill, I would say, attitude. Yeah, PewDiePie put out like an actual video, like talk, doing some kind of thing with Cinnamon Toast Can. The first one he's done that wasn't like a uh, a vlog in in a while. A vlog in ages, yeah. Well, I, I think I think it was since the la- the last video he did was the one where he cringe uh, cringe or lose kind of thing. And what ended up happening is he got it was a big controversy because somebody in the cringe compilation that he was watching was a deaf woman, and he kind of made fun of her move doing her hand signs, Uh, Mm. but he didn't know that she was deaf, Uh, and so he thought so it was a big controversy, and after that he didn't make a video for like a while. So I can understand, I guess. Well. Uh, I think that's it. I think we got everything. Uh, 
thanks for making it to the show this week, Fro, even though you're in the hospitale. La hospitale, mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, no, it's, it's uh, fun. I, is it I like recommend. a, is it, is it just a constant, like, uh, chaotic uh, love triangle everywhere in that hospital? Is it, or is it more like general hospital, like no, soap opera it, vibes? Yes, no, everybody kisses in the corner. Everybody's extremely beautiful. And they all turn and go, why, Derek? And turn away and look at the camera, and you're like, why is there a camera there? That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no, it's 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 exactly like that here. Yes. I, I thought so. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, from the hospital bed, I'm fro. Uh, from US, I am Luke. Goodbye, everybody. Buddy. Bye, bye, everybody. Another di- another digital another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another digital citizen. Another citizen. Another citizen. Another citizen.